There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends, but who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Nara Youssef. If someone you know has been diagnosed with cancer, you may be wondering how to help or what to say. Caring for a loved one with cancer can be very stressful, which is why we're having this live broadcast, so we as caregivers are well informed and can nurture and empower one another. And if you have any questions, please leave them in the comment section below. And for today's topic, we have with us psychosocial oncologist, Dr. Joel Marcus. Thank you so much for being here. Pleasure. And I'll just give you the floor to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Marcus. I'm a psychosocial oncologist. It's kind of a new field where we're dealing with the emotional side of cancer. And as you said, you've got to support the loved ones, and yes. it's a, a package deal. So tell me, what is psychosocial? What do we, what do we deal with? Um, and so I love my brethren in the white coats, the radiation surgery in medical oncologists, and we kind of cover everything else. Okay. You know, it's okay. all the parts that isn't medical. The emotional parts, the yeah. mental parts. Okay, great. And then before we begin, I want to please uh, remind everyone that this is for informational purposes only and not intended to replace your own physician's advice. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor. We're going to keep saying that all day. All right? day. Okay. So um, first of all, we all know someone who has cancer or affected with cancer. How do we support a loved one? How do we make sure that they maintain a, a good quality of life? So um, I, I was actually talking with a couple this morning. Yeah. And I told them I was coming on here, and what they wanted people to know is, you have to be able to support the emotional roller coaster. Yes, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. Having cancer is not a static, just one and done thing. Right. It's always changing, always evolving. Not just for the patient, but for the loved one as yeah. well. Yeah. And the caregivers, I mean, some of them might even feel scared or distant. How do you make sure you don't give that off? Well. Actually, you should. You should. Okay. Yeah, I mean, honesty is so important. Yeah. It's okay to have those feelings. It's just not okay to stay in it. Okay. When you stay in that fear too long, anxiety gets rolling, and then you don't want to, you want to protect from the patient. Right. The patient's going, what is going on? Right. So everybody's, it's so important to be clear yeah. and declarative about emotions, thoughts, feelings. Yeah. Now, now, when we think about that, as adults, we try to maintain our own emotions. What about with kids? When it comes to kids, do you tell them? Do you keep it from them? What do you What do? You do? Funny you should ask. Yeah. I was just asked to come meet a woman who had just been diagnosed this morning. Wow. And her concern was her two children. What do I say? What do I do? Um, and again, I'm like really, really passionate about being honest, but you have to give it a developmentally appropriate kind of context. Every kid has had a cold, yeah. hurt their knee or something, and they got treated, they asked for help, and it got better. Sure. And so that's the message that has to be given to kids is, yes, I'm sick. To pretend it's not there is kind of a lie. It's a lie, yes. Right? So soften the blow. You can take it, soften the message, but, but make sure they know. But it has to be appropriate. It has to be, I mean, because 
if you don't tell them and then they find out later, it's like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, yeah. What, what else are you not telling right, me? Right, right, exactly. So it's so important to be clear in a way that kids can understand. Very good. Okay, now um, many can feel um, angry, sad, uh, upset almost. I hope so. As a caregiver, right. How do you, how do you deal with these emotions? As a caregiver? Yes. Um, you know, lots of caregivers try to act the part. Pretend. Yes. I'm fine. Right. There's no big deal. No. If, well, put yourself in a cancer patient's place. Yes. If you were sick and your loved one didn't get scared or angry, how would you feel? I would know that they're faking it. Yeah, I wouldn't, I was, why aren't, why, why don't you care? Why don't, so having those feelings are really, really appropriate. It's not okay to like take it out on somebody. Right. But to have those feelings, to find a support that you can tell about those feelings, sure. um, to reality check them with someone. Yeah, yeah. You know? So kind of ride the ro the emotional roller coaster with them. Don't make it worse. Yeah, right? okay. exactly, <laughs> exactly. You, you know, there there are very few roller coasters that have only one seat yes, on the ride. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Now, also uh, psychological effects and body changes that come with this disease, with hair loss, appetite, lack of energy. Just like you were talking about mood swings, how do you deal with um, someone as a caregiver mm -hmm. with a patient that's going through mood swings? Well, you just asked two separate questions, yes. but so we'll do mood swings first. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and indeed, one, that patient I was talking to this morning, riding the roller coaster, yeah. knowing that that's going to happen, that is appropriate. The best analogy I have, and, and I use this frequently, is getting diagnosed with cancer is a large rock being dropped into a small pond. Mm -hmm. There's a big explosion, and then the ripples go out. Yeah. So those emotional ripples are going to happen. They're appropriate. They may happen. I, I have lots of patients who get cranky. We know they're gonna get cranky two days after treatment when sure. the steroids have worn off and they're feeling kind of depleted. Yeah. So it's important to say to the loved one, you know, I had treatment and now I'm okay, but tomorrow I'm probably gonna be Yeah. Not so wonderful. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. So clear, concise communication is also planning. Very important. Strategic planning. planning. Okay. It's really, really important. Excellent. Um, we talked about this about psychological effects. Psychological effects. Um, <sighs> as a health psychologist and as a psychosocial oncologist, we've tried to remove the response of cancer out of the realm of mental health pathology. Mm -hmm. For a long time, if you had cancer, you were considered to have, and you didn't cope well. You have depression, you have anxiety. Well, yeah, those are normal, natural responses. Sure, sure. So um, we've tried to move that out of the realm of pathology and normalize them. And once again, having those responses is really okay. It's not okay to stay in them. Okay. It's not okay to remain angry so often that it's impossible to have a conversation. Sure. And when you find life getting disrupted because of those things, whether on the caregiver or the patient side, that's the time to reach out and make sure, hey, I'm being cared for. Sure, sure. Okay, great. 
Can we talk about the changes, yeah, the body changes? Do, sure. So, um, you know, I, as I'm fond of saying, there is no fun cancer treatment. There just isn't. And for, there was some studies not too, well, yeah, it's getting to be a long ago, that um, in particular, women might find the loss of hair more disturbing than the loss of a breast. Because, you know, the hair is an outward expression of an inward disease process, and it's more in their face. Mm -hmm. So it's important for loved ones to acknowledge their, their cancer patient, to let them know, hey, I get it. This is hard for you. Mm -hmm. um, we, have a, we do a lot of disease group-oriented treatment, and um, there's no easy way of getting around some of the treatments we have. Mm -hmm. um, head and neck cancers cause a lot of physical disabilities, a lot of problems with communication, a lot of, um, for lack of a better term, disfigurement. Mm -hmm. And the loved ones have to be able to care for the patient and be okay with saying, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Tell me again. Sure. Um, these are all really, really important things. And it's like we were talking before, to pretend it's not happening isn't honest. Yeah, right. So it's important that the loved ones be up front and say, I don't understand. Sure, sure. Right. Now, when it comes to dating someone with cancer, will they lose interest in romance and sex? And what if they do get turned off by the disease? Whether who, who gets turned off by the disease, because that's a very two-edged question. The, the patient. Uh, how do you deal with someone that's turned off? Um, well, in particular, we, we, um, we, we don't talk about dating and sex enough. Mm -hmm. It's really an important human function. It's our most imminent, intimate way of communicating. Yeah. And it's really, really important. And so um, if the patient is turned off or in particular um, the women may have uh, some difficulties with arousal that might have a very easy fix, mm -hmm. well, you know, but they should be talking to their oncologists about this. Okay. I mean, our, our, it's not unusual for women to be treated for breast cancer and to be having some self-esteem issues, to having body image issues, mm -hmm. and consequently, our largest sexual organ is our brain. Mm -hmm. yes. right? So right. Um, how they think about themselves, how they communicate with their partners is really, really important. Sure. Um, we, we, in the last 20 years or so, we've developed a kind of a subspecialty um, of adolescent and young adult cancers. And this is a, a population that is really hit hard by cancer. And um, so asking a young person about reproduction, how, what do you want to do? Do you want to have children in the future? What does it mean to you? How are you going to date? Yeah. What do you tell someone? Is that first date conversation? Right. Oh, right. oh by the way. By the way, uh, I have cancer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So these are really critical issues. Sure. Um, now, when we talk about support therapies, can mm -hmm. we talk about, you know, besides medicine, what can you do? Um, therapies, I know, like there's art therapy, music, 
Can we talk about some of the things that are helpful? No, no of course <laughs> we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we, and, and in particular here, we have a tremendous, it's like a net. It's this wonderful net that we surround our patients with. Mm -hmm. We have art therapy, which is a tremendous way of expressing, and we have a wonderful art therapist who does some really um, just delightful things, yeah. even in the treatment setting that allows right. patients to um, express themselves in a way that maybe not be verbal. Okay. Right? And Great. it's very, very cool. Um, I, if you come into my office, I'm going to talk about diet. I'm going to talk about spirituality. I'm going to be talking about physical health and exercise. Uh, we have yoga twice a week, and the uh, best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. It's yeah. a mind-body strategy mm -hmm. that is wonderful for helping people stay in the moment. How about meditation? We're in the meditation Yeah, room. we're in the meditation room. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, but this is a very chill room. Yes. It's very comfortable. <laughs> um, actually, in our, my field of psychosocial oncology, um, mindfulness meditation has really been shown to have a wonderful effect on the immune system, on anxiety, on sleep. And it was, and you can't make this up, it was developed, mindfulness meditation was developed by a guy named John Kabat-Zinn. Zen. 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 Right? Okay. And um, yeah, out at Harvard. <laughs> and, and for 25 years now, he's been showing us how important staying in the moment, mm -hmm. being focused on the body, allowing thoughts to come in, acknowledge them, but not getting too distressed about them. Sure. And it's showing effects on the immune system and just all kind yeah. of good things. Amazing. And I actually, I saw on my way here, I saw there was a store that's just for support for, for cancer patients. Just down Blankets, the hall. Yeah, 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 everything. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's for skincare too. I mean, that's, oh, that's yeah. something we don't think about often. Well, yeah, we do in this house, we do. Right, right, right. Because um, once again, there are no fun treatments. Sure. And the treatments have ripples going outwards, whether it's the skin, mm -hmm. the cosmetics, the way you look, uh, dry mouth, yeah. critically important. Mm -hmm. It's hard to appreciate a good day when your mouth feels too dry to smile. Sure, sure thing, sure thing. Okay, now I know you talked about diet, uh -huh. and um, I wanted to ask you about diet. What is there, is there a certain diet that you're supposed to kind of follow that you should so, be promoting? Nah, we don't want to promote anything but a healthy lifestyle. Okay. Um, patients come in and I have several patients who are militant vegan. Mm. And I support that. Okay. As long as they're getting their nutritional needs met. Sure. And um, we have a whole staff of dietitians in the hospital. We have... Um, Consults are available if they have questions. Uh, doctor, can I eat meat? Well, why not? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your disease. Sure. Um, but in all things, my personal philosophy is in all things moderation. Okay. You know, be healthy. Eat a balanced diet. Should you eat a lot of red meat? No. We have a lot of wonderful data that says... A diet in it, rich in um, grains and um, other areas of proteins is more healthy. Sure, sure. But it's a quality of life issue. Sure. You know? And as long as it's healthy, healthy yeah. is good stuff. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I'll never be able to eat sweets. I'm like, Hor that sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. If they took away my chocolate cake, I would be a sad <laughs> guy. <laughs> no, but this gets to a quality of life issue. Sure thing. It's, you know, we're saving you from the disease, but we're making you miserable at the yeah. same time doesn't sound fair. Right, right. So the loved ones really have to be aware that this is a whole life changing yes. event. Yes. And their cancer doesn't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. So when the patient has cancer, the loved one, the caregivers don't have cancer themselves, but they might as well. Yeah, they're very affected by it. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm getting some live questions, so I'm going to kind of go to oh, these no. and then I'll, I'll come back. No. Um, I have Anita. Is there a right or wrong way to handle the depression? A right or wrong way to handle, handle the depression. Depression, and so I have patients come in and say, I think I'm depressed. Well, tell me about it. Yeah. What is depression? A lot of my patients just have sadness, mm -hmm. appropriate sadness. It becomes depression when it affects your ability to participate in life. Mm -hmm. Does it make you withdraw? Are you so depressed that you sleep too much. Mm -hmm. So if you find that the signs and symptoms of depression are impacting your ability to appreciate quality of life metrics or how you appreciate quality sure. of life, that's when it's appropriate to reach out, okay. to talk to your loved one. Um, a lot of patients and a lot of loved ones, I'm fine. Yeah, sure. I'm not, yeah. not sad. I'm not angry. And, and so it's really appropriate to reach out to the loved one and say, you know, you're looking kind of sad. I haven't seen you smile in a while. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. And then if it becomes like a real issue, um, we have lots of good professionals. Sure. Sure. I got to give a shout out to my social workers. Yeah. They are unsung heroes. Yes. They are um, here at the Cleveland Clinic. We have a host of them. And they're all licensed to do therapy. Mm -hmm. There's a whole misconception that they just get bus passes yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But um, got to give them a shout out. That's amazing. That's amazing. But I like what you said, appropriate sadness. That's, that's very important. Yeah. Um, okay, I have Cindy. What is your Hi, opinion Cindy. about medical hemp oil for cancer patients fighting this disease, both physically and mentally beneficial? You said we'd be asked about yeah, that. Yeah, I told you it was going to yeah, come yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the Cleveland Clinic does not endorse the use of CBD oils, right? Because they're at the moment, although Ohio has approved medical marijuana, we haven't really operationalized it. Okay. As always, in most things, check with your physician. Okay. Make sure they know, and not just CBD oils, but any alternative... Um, herbs, supplements sure. that you may be taking. Clear it with your physician. Okay. Can I tell a quick story? Yeah, of course. So, um, <laughs> All yours. Um, a long time ago, there was a big fad about St. John's wort. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to help with depression. Okay. And so people who had depression and were being treated by, for depression would go out and say, oh, I'm going to get this and I'm going to take my medicine and St. John's wort. Hmm. And it turns out St. John's wort has some of the same active chemicals. Wow. So they were getting twice as much as they needed. Wow. So it's so important. Check out with the your basic. physician. Yeah. Right? 
So um, you know, the CBD oils, um, check with your physician. Check with your physician. Okay, sounds good. Now I want to talk a little bit about no. if I'm going no. with a patient and I'm bringing she's bringing a chemo bag or he's yeah, bringing yeah, a yeah. chemo bag. Um, what to bring? Um, I got to tell you, I just saw the patient the other day. She had the coolest blanket ever. Oh. It was just all soft and fuzzy yeah. and had just inspirational words on it. Yes. So uh, comfortable clothes. Okay. Um, if you happen to know that you like a certain Gatorade, or we are not endorsing Gatorade. <laughs> yes, we are not. Um, um, <laughs> a certain beverage um, that you find particularly good, yeah. bring that. Okay. Um, uh, lots of patients bring those old travel pillows. Yeah, right? yeah, the, yeah, the ones you yeah, can Yeah, you know, you're going to be sitting in a chair for an hour, two yeah. hours, three hours. Um, you know, we are in the digital age and Some entertainment. We, right. Music. We we of course are wired up here with Wi Fi. So, you know, yes. go forth and binge watch your favorite thing. Huh? Okay. You know Good. What yeah. about for dry mouth? Dry mouth. Um xerostomia is the actual term for that. Oh, I didn't know that. Xerostomia. Yeah. Um you know, once again, talk to your physician. Okay. Um, because I work in head and neck cancers, we have a whole, if you go up to our pod, we have a whole list of things that help with uh, dry mouth plus um, coupons to help purchase them. Okay. Um, Same it, with nausea. Nausea and vomiting is, is like a whole nother animal. Mm -hmm. um, there are some studies that say that the nausea is actually worse than the vomiting. That sense of wanting to throw always up. Always wanting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Symptom management is so, so important in terms of quality of life, and this is critically important for the caregivers and the patients. Um, symptoms are like a big boulder rolling downhill. Yeah, yeah. They get stronger and bigger, and it's harder to stop once that has got momentum. Okay. So we always encourage patients, stop it at the top. Don't let it get momentum. Yes. This is pain, this is nausea. Um, some of our chemotherapies, unfortunately, cause neuropathy, a tingling mm. in the hands and feet. We have a tremendous department um, that has got like a bad rep. It's palliation. Mm. People think, oh, you're talking hospice. No, this is symptom management. This is quality of life. So we have a whole group of really, really talented physicians that are, can help stop those symptoms before they get momentum. So it's important that the loved ones communicate. Once sure. again, it goes back to be honest, yeah. be clear. Yeah. Um, be emotional. It's okay to be emotional. Way. Okay, good. Now I'm going to go to cancer trials before I go to the, uh, some more live questions. We're trying cancer? <laughs> no, we're no. not trying cancer. <laughs> but for cancer trials, it almost sounds morbid. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So and, I want to clarify. Pe people think, oh, they're gonna, I'm going to be a guinea pig. Right, exactly. That's why. So let's clarify yeah, yeah, to the yeah, audience yeah. what it's about. Okay. Um, every drug that is given mm -hmm. has gone through a process of clinical trials. Um, I had the opportunity of working at a very large trial center that introduced most of the drugs that we knew in the late 90s and 2000s. Mm -hmm. And it was just now they're commonplace. Yeah, right. Can I say something really kind of, because people are going to be talking to their physicians about immunotherapies. Okay. They're new. Yeah. 
They're really new. Yeah. And they're changing the way we treat cancer. Yeah. Um, if the physician recommends it, please listen. Please go talk, for it. Immunotherapy. Talk with them. Yeah. Okay. This, is, this is the, w it has changed the face of cancer treatment. That's great. It's very good information. Thank you. All right. Well, let's jump on some more live. Okay. All right. Some live questions. Uh, I have Elizabeth. Do you think the keto diet is a good idea? Are you familiar with the keto diet? Um, not really. Okay, but so once like again, more no sugar, no carbs, all healthy fats. All yeah, all proteins. Um, you know, once again, talk to your physician. Okay. Every disease is going to be different. Um, one of my patients and I were laughing this morning. Um, her uh, lab work comes back a little bit different because of where her disease is, oh. and so her regular physician is like. Oh, we need to give you statins. We need to do no. That's what's going on sure. inside me, and so the keto diet may affect yeah. different parts of your body, the way your body utilizes its food. Sure. So it's sure. important. Check it out with your physician. Talk to your physician. But be it, keep an open mind about any and all. Yes, of course, open mind. That's very important. And then Deborah wants to know, is Hi, there Deborah. a right or wrong way to handle anger? Yes. Don't oh. break stuff. Don't break stuff. <laughs> don't break stuff. Don't hurt anybody. Don't get too emotional. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, it's okay to be uh, angry. And, I mean, the and anger emotion itself sounds... Scary? Yeah. Well, hey, how do you think you'd feel if somebody said, you now have cancer and your life, as you know it, is going to change? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be angry. Of course. But... And once again, this is that emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. The loved ones need to be on board for this ride. It's going to go up. It's mm -hmm. going to go down. Yeah. Anger is an appropriate response to a life-changing disease. Yeah. It's an appropriate response. Oh, by the way, you have to come to chemotherapy every three weeks. Yeah. Well, I, that would make me angry. Yeah. So literally, just don't break stuff. Right. Be angry. Be angry. Yeah, Talk be angry. to people. Sure. Don't let, don't hurt stuff. Don't break stuff. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Great. Um, and I have Amina. How can you reduce anxiety for a cancer patient with generalized anxiety disorder? Ooh. Cannot have a sedative due to dyspnea. Dyspnea. Sorry. Dyspnea. D y s p n e a. Dyspnea. Yeah. No, we're giving you all kind of new all words. Kinds of stuff. So dyspnea is problem problems with breathing. Okay. So. Um, uh, with a generalized anxiety disorder, this goes back to the mindfulness meditation. Yes. These mind-body strategies are really, really good for this. It starts with focused breathing, paying attention. It's because anxiety disorders are all about our brains thinking too fast and right. giving us bad messages. So once you focus on the breathing, settle into a calm space, um, it really can help. Um, the other thing we do is um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy helps to identify thoughts that cause the anxiety. And um, this is really, really common, fear of reoccurrence. Yeah. Right? So um, people worry. Yeah. Right? And it can be debilitating. Yeah. So learning that some of these thoughts are knee-jerk reactions and that there is a way of dealing with them, learning some very specific techniques, diaphragmatic breathing. Um, but the person with dyspnea might have some difficulty with that. Okay. Um, but learning to stay in the moment is really, really important. Yeah. 
um, not being able to take a sedative, uh, I'm not quite sure I understand it, because our medica medicines come in a whole bunch of different varieties. Sure. Um, anxiolytics, um, you know, our typical, you know, anti-anxiety medicines can be useful, but antidepressants, um, SSRIs, um, also have a really good effective effectiveness in the literature sure. on anxiety. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this is something to talk to the physician about. Okay. Hey doc, I'm 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 worried all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Hope that helped. Yeah, I'm sure it did. All right. And can we talk about like chemo brain? Chemo brain? I forgot. Sense? What is that? What is that? <laughs> chemo brain. <laughs> yeah. Um chemo brain really really common. Um you know, my field of psychosocial oncology uh, is relatively new and, and 20, 30 years ago, if mm -hmm. you came to your doctor and said, hey doc, I, 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 have, I can't remember things, yeah. I, they would have said, it's all in your head, dear. Yeah. We're finding out more and more that this is a real, honest to goodness, documentum phenomena. Sure. And um, it really bothers people, Yeah. right? Yeah. Am I going crazy? Why can't I remember? And that just increases the anxiety, sure. Sure. right? So um, chemo brain is a real thing. Um, I encourage patients, once again, to stay in the moment, to breathe, to relax, because it's kind of like, you know how you forget a word, and the more you try to find it, the, the harder, the harder it, it, it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So when you relax, what happens? It comes back. Right. Yeah. So also, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of structured activities that can yeah. be done. I encourage things like play chess. Okay because that makes you think in a sequenced, forward-looking manner. Mm. Um, Sudoku that challenges you to think a little differently. Yeah. So all these things are real. Yeah, stimulates the brain. They do. Good. How about like group therapy? Group therapy. Um, I think group therapy is one of the best things since sliced bread, but Good. it has to be done right. Okay. It has to be done by a professional. Okay. So, you know, there's support groups which are completely different than group therapy. So is like Fourth Angel, is that a support group? Fourth Angel is a remarkable program that links cancer patients uh -huh. to almost like a mentor who okay. has been through exactly what you have been. Oh, okay. And because I, I know a lot about this stuff, right? I know a lot, but I'll never know. And Fourth Angel allows that connection. Okay. So is it a support group? No, it's more like a mentoring support activity. Okay. Um, okay. They link patients up to patients who have the exact, have had the exact tra uh, diagnosis, treatment. treatment yeah. And um, they really go out of their way to link people up. Wow. That's amazing. That's yeah. great. All right. Well, I mean, it looks like we are running out of time. Get out. I know. But before I let you go, anything else you want to tell our viewers that maybe we haven't talked about? Um, there is a human side to cancer. Yes. There really is. It's, um, it's not just a disease of the body. If you come into my office, we're going to talk about how you think, how you feel. Yeah. We're going to talk about what you're eating. What is your spiritual connection? In my office, I don't care what spiritual restaurant you go to as long as you're getting fed. I like that. All right? That's and great. Yeah, and so, and please, please, please check it out with your physician. Um, that's not to say that the diet you want isn't a good thing. Yeah, you, right, you know? right. 
And uh, I'll also let them know about the clinical trials for Cleveland Clinic. If you want more information, you can go to clevelandclinic.org slash cancer clinical trials. And thank you thank so you. much. Thank for you. This. this was actually fun. <laughs> this is great. And then for uh, more information on cancer support and everything we talked about today, please go to clevelandclinic.org slash cancer support for more information. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.